Welcome to Let's Talk. Here we will focus on the hustle, the juggle, and everyday struggle of small business. We will be here every week talking to small business owners about their everyday struggles, stresses, and ways they have been able to overcome the challenges of running their business. We welcome questions and comments, so please feel free to email us at admin at plemonscpa.com. We hope you enjoy, and above all, we hope it helps. Well, welcome to the show. Today we have on our show, <laughs> Lika Torline of In the Weeds Natural Skin Care. Welcome, Lika. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, this is so cool. So tell me, how long have you been in business? Well, it's funny you should ask that because this Saturday is my eight-year anniversary of In the Weeds since I got my DBA. Congratulations. Eight years, man. Eight years. <laughs> You've seen a whole lot, haven't I you? I have seen a lot. I'm sure. I'm sure. So tell me, why this particular type of service? Give us a little bit of background about In the Weeds. So um, In the Weeds started, it's, well, it's kind of, I'm going to try to wrap this up real quick. It's um, In the Weeds means it's a service industry term, and it means like you're trying to catch up, like you have all these tables. It's like you show up and you were already behind. And um, I graduated college, had a back injury um, less than a year after I graduated, and then was broke, wasn't even getting my workers' compensation checks, um, was on food stamps. But then I decided to go back to school, and I went uh, through the Department of Assistive and Rehabilitative Services, and they paid for my aesthetics education, so I'm a licensed esthetician. Uh, But... In school, we had a school project to make an exfoliant, and I break out to everything. There was a lot of, like, news about testing on animals, and I'm a big animal lover. Um, But then um, I made this exfoliant that actually worked on a lot of the other students, and then I won a grant for it through a kind of a Shark Tank competition. And then that grant paid for my website, and I went from starting my business with $150 to winning, you know, $5,000, and then I was... In business. <laughs> nice. Nice. What a journey. That's just the beginning of it, I'm sure. So tell me some of the challenges you've had in running your business. We're going to do like post, no, pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and we're not going to even say post because it's not over yet. Yeah. But some of the challenges you've had in running your business. Um, <laughs> like what challenges have I, have I not, not had? Um, money. Um. I would even say relationships. It's hard to be a business owner and give your life to something and then your relationships kind of take, you know, the back burner. Um, I was going to say romantic relationships, but also partnerships or trying to work with other individuals that, you know, you want to hire your friend. I've, I've done that. And then I've actually had somebody that became my friend after I hired them and started their own business. I've been through it all. Like, so, um, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a, Long journey. You're giving me the squinty face like, what happened? Right, exactly, because challenges are inevitable when yeah. you're running a business. Challenges are inevitable just in breathing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But I think the, the difficulty is in sustaining your business through those challenges, and you've been in business eight years. So some of those challenges seem to have propelled you, obviously, to make some changes as well as some true assessments. Yeah. I'm sure they have. So why do you persist? What keeps you going? What drives you? Um, well, 
one thing, well, I would say the very beginning that when I was asked that question, I would say I was desperate. Like a lot of people say, oh, I started my business because of this or my, you know, my husband and I divorced. I was literally desperate, broken back. You know, I put on all this weight. Um, I wasn't even feeling myself. And then as, as you go through all these things, like I still love what I do. And at the same time, I don't think I could work for somebody at this point because... I probably would have a lot of opinions and they'd probably fire me or I would want to do it a different way. But um, I feel like I I do enjoy what I do. And it's also one of those really rewarding things when I have customers who suffer with sensitive skin tell me that they, you know, found a solution or something. Because with me, it's really uh, like I break out to everything. I'm a really good test bunny. Like I try a new product and then I broke, you know, break out or, you know, it's you got to start all over again. It's super frustrating. The, like the test batches when you're in the in the 20s of how many test batches you've had on something, that's when you start getting a little <laughs> frustrated. But ultimately, when you have a great product at the end and it becomes like an immediate bestseller that happened with one of my products, it took me two and a half years to finalize. Um, but once I had it, like I have people that are literally like, I'm out of my high five. Like, what do I do? And it's kind of my high five cream serum. Um, but I'm the same way about that product, too. So I kind of totally... Get it. So it's it's nice to get those rewarding things. I actually had a woman tell me that her son used to cover his face with his long hair, and uh, that he would never because he was covering his acne. But he started healing. His skin started healing, and she sent me a picture of him playing like a a game with his cousins on the table, and he's like smiling and laughing, and his hair was pulled back. And she was like, "I haven't seen this." in a really long time and she sent me the picture and she said thank you so much for bringing my son's smile back that, that product that you created yeah. gave you that warm fuzzy because you yeah. saw what it did to somebody's life yes that, those are the my most rewarding moments where i'm just like if i were to stop doing this like what what about all these people that finally found a solution or that's to something you know right i totally understand so how critical is support to you And we're talking about any type of support, whether it's emotional, physical, financial, business-wise, personal. How critical is that for you? It is imperative. Like all those, you know, when you said about the challenges, the thing that is really tough is having that mental, like, health um, and realizing when you kind of need to, you know, I can be really hard on myself. And, you know, you have to kind of watch your inner dialogue and... Uh, what you say to yourself, but as when you go through these challenges and things like that, it's it's imperative to have support not only in your you know romantic relationships, your friendships. If you're not hanging out with a crew that wants you to succeed, like bye, just no. agreed. So um, and then family too. Um, it's I love it when my sister when she has to buy her Christmas gifts for all the people at her work. She, you know, at first I was I used to get a little upset that she didn't like order for me, but then now every year she's. You know, doing that, and my brother too. Or one time, he just bought a bunch of products to give him to his coworkers just because he thought I needed, you know, the financial support for that uh, LA trip a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. He just bought five hundred dollars worth of products. Whatever you want to give me, I'm gonna give him out. And I was like, thank you. Like, I love you really now. I know, I know. I was just like, thanks, you know, Uncle JJ. So, um, but it is imperative. I feel like you have to really surround yourself with people that. Uh, either are smarter than you. I always tell people that you're one of my favorite people because you don't think like I do. And I've said this to you several times. I was like, I love having chats with you because you get the wheels turning. And um, it's that support in a that opens your, your eyes a little bit. And I feel like the you know people should actually have more conversations with people that don't think like them. Uh, especially in today's society, like, you know, just to hear both sides, it's almost like you picked a side without even hearing the other side. So, right, right. But yeah, so I feel like that whole mental growth and support and, 
even where, you know, times change and, you know, the, my business model obviously isn't what it was eight years ago. So, and it ha- wasn't what it was even a year ago. So it's just. So you know, let's talk about that a little you bit. You have to adapt. Let's talk about that. What actually changed, you know, with pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, people operated maybe by a business model that they were taught or they were shown or they kind of learned by themselves, like bootstrapping. But then during the pandemic, how much did your model change? Um, It changed a lot. So when 2020 started, I actually had the largest sales team I'd ever had. And we were on point to, you know, be just, you know, hit one of our biggest numbers. And then, um, most of our sales were through different events and shows, and those immediately got shut down. We went from averaging um, on a slow weekend, maybe like five shows, um, anywhere to during the holidays, 14 shows a weekend. And, and that's just like Friday, Saturday, Sunday to one. And it's still one. Um, Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. It, it was a lot. And I remember the first show, the big, first big show that got canceled was our Wimberley show in April. And that um, show is, you know, something that, you know, brings in, it generates a good amount of income and bills. And when that one got canceled, I, that was when I f- cried. <laughs> it was a good, like, couple, I would say a good week before when everything started canceling. I was like, no, it'll be fine. And then when Fiesta got canceled, I was like, oh, this is serious. Like, <laughs> so, um, but it was just kind of like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? And I remember spending like two weeks just filling out grants and loans and applications. And what am I? I was like, at least I'm not in this by myself. Everyone else is going through this too. And that was like really comforting because I'm not the only one in this. You know, I'm not the only one struggling. You know, so many other people are struggling for various reasons. Um, I'm, I hate to say this, but I'm like so glad that I don't have kids. Like seeing my sister, she just had a baby with three kids, three other kids. So there's four total under 10 homeschooling. She's getting her master's and she's on maternity leave right now. Wow. And I'm just like, I have dogs and I'm so glad. I don't know how, I don't know how moms do it right now. Like I know, like, so I have plenty to be grateful for. So I know that that's a, a struggle, but I, I, tell my sister all the time how insane she is. I'm like, why don't you take a semester off? Like she has a goal in mind and she's prepared to do whatever it takes to no, reach I, that goal. I completely agree. I just feel bad for her because out of all the babies, uh, this is the first girl. And she said, if it wasn't for COVID, this would have been the easiest maternity leave because this is such an easy baby. But I have all these other three kids that are homeschooled now. And she had a colicky baby the time before this. So she almost lost her mind, but it's kind of, uh, Funny, but you know what? They get to spend a lot of alone time with, you know, the whole family was together when I went to go visit it. You know, it was really, it was really cool. So there's definitely blessings there too, but you know, I'm not the only one that's going through the struggle, you know, of COVID and all these things. Like we've all had to adapt. So undoubtedly. And with that pivot in your business model, has it made it easier for you or a little more challenging with the pivot? Yes. uh, To both questions. Um, but I would say it was, it's been challenging, but at the same time, um, you know, I'm getting older. I don't want to always be unloading, you know, a vehicle, you know, a truck or whatever and setting up a show, um, that isn't what I ultimately want my business model to be. So maybe it took a pandemic for me to shift how I did things because I don't want to be just doing farmers markets and shows. Like I really do want to start pushing, you know, the business more 
you know, in the social media waves and where people are, you know, finding the, um, our business or our brand through other outlets besides just face to face. So, cause that's, you know, obviously I'm not gonna be able to meet every customer the way I want to grow. Correct. Correct. Well, I could try, but you'd be like pushing up daisies because you just yeah. can't do it. You yeah. Know, so you're it's only one person or even your sales team. Exactly. And so it's just been kind of um, an amazing transition. Yeah, it was challenging. And yeah, sure, I cried and I stressed out. And my poor girlfriend, like, I know I had to deal with her, like, dealing with me and realizing that I needed to, like, snap out of it. Like, I was like, this is not who you are. Like, get it together, Lika. So, um, but ultimately, um, I kind of like that the pandemic happened to help me in that in that way of shifting you know, yeah. my business. Hi, I'm here with Chris Hall from Pontum Financial. Chris, I've heard you talk about the difference between working in your business and working on your business. Could you elaborate a little bit for us? One of the biggest things that we see with business owners is spending the proper amount working on your business versus working in your business. And as business owners grow, whether it's a product or service that they're distributing to the public, their attention tends to be pulled more away from working on the business to primarily or only working in the business. And that can create some real headache down the line. I'll give you a prime example. About 15 to 20 years ago, whenever some of these businesses really started to get established and started to take off, their entity selection for that particular type of business was established in a particular way. Some of the different business entities out there now weren't even available at the time. Nobody really wants to go sit down with an attorney unless they absolutely have to. But attorneys are a prime source of information for, hey, are we doing this correct? It worked really well when we first started this business, but is that what we want it to do? Is it doing what it needs to be doing? Is it serving the function that it needs to be serving? And is it going to be flexible enough to be able to make changes down the line? So how do we review that? And who do we bring into the conversation to analyze the different options that we have? If we wanted more information from you in Pontum Financial, how can we reach you? One of the best ways to reach me is to just call our office. We're right here in San Antonio off of 281 and Bitters. Uh, our office phone number is 210-625-4845. You can follow us on uh, Facebook. We're on LinkedIn as well, pontumfinancial.com. And it's P-O-N-T-E-M, Latin for bridge. So building the bridge are to where you want to go. Great. Thank you, Chris, so much. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Chris Hall is a partner with Pontum Financial and offers securities and investment products and services through Waddell and Reed Inc. WRI member FINRA slash SIPC. Pontum Financial is a separate entity from WRI. So tell me about a failure that you learned from. During COVID or overall? Overall. We'll, we'll do it maybe in two parts, overall and during COVID. Um, well, one of them that I guess hurts my heart a little bit um, is something I you know brought up just earlier about either hiring a friend or working with somebody that you trust. And um, I'm the girl that <laughs> I, I was, I roll my eyes, like used to trust everybody. And, um, you know, I've been called a bleeding heart before and I really just want to help people. 
And I really am the person that tries to see like the good in people or would, would see it first. And I've actually had to learn the hard way that um, I can't trust everybody and some people don't have your best intentions. And the thing that hurts about that one with business is that not only did they just like they stung me where it hurts business wise, but they knew how much it meant to me and they were my friend and then they get me personally too. So it's almost like I get stabbed twice. It's almost like getting stabbed in the back and the heart at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so um, always make them sign the NDA. Mm -hmm. I remember sparing um, an employee's feeling the NDA didn't come into fruition until after she was employed, but she was the person that um, would make sure all the people that we onboarded signed the NDA, but she never did. And we had become so close, and she had seen me go through a really bad breakup, and she helped me you know, pick myself up. Um, but I really trusted her and the, the girl that was like my I called her um, my maid of honor of life. Like if I was in a photo shoot or whatever, she would stop and be like, hold on, hold on and like fix it. And she would always make sure that I looked my best and presented for the company and everything like that. Uh, but then she uh, turned around and during COVID started her own business. And the scents are very similar. And it's a skincare, you know, ultimately, you know, business. And I was just like, wow, like. Uh, I didn't even see that one coming. Like mm -hmm. that one was a shocker. Mm -hmm. Like I've been through a situation where I hired a friend and, you know, you kind of took advantage of me a little bit uh, because they were my friend, but like that one, you know, everyone says that, like everyone sees that coming, but this one was like a different, like where I really looked back and I was like, wow, like, sorry, I'm saying like a lot, but um, I was just looking back at it and just, wow, I didn't see that one coming. So there were no red flags that you could pinpoint in your hindsight 2020 vision, pun intended. I know. I hate that pun. <laughs> <laughs> that could have maybe precluded some of the heartache and issues that you had. No. So that was definitely something you learned from. So tell me about a success that you've learned from. Um, I think it's a success just to be able to see how resilient you can be not necessarily about that circumstance because, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I'm like, is her business going to um, make me go broke? Mm -hmm. No. You know, it was just one of those things where like, wow, is it really worth that? Like, are you really even all in? Um, but I think that finding that resiliency and that toughness, I feel that um, you know, since everyone can't see me, I'm a pretty tall person. Um, you get the armpit hugs, you know, with me over here. And that's why I used to call it. Especially my, if you're under five foot two. <laughs> yeah. And my dad, so my dad's six, four. So I always call it armpit hugs because I don't get to go into somebody's armpit that much because I'm always, you know, the, the taller one leaning down. But I would say that a lot of people get this perception because I can be very direct and I do have a potty mouth that I've been watching very strictly here. Um, but I tend to be a little intimidating, um, or I come off, I think that I've come off that way. And also where I grew up, there wasn't, you know, I was taller than most of the guys there. So, um, I feel that sometimes I come off as this personality, but when in ultimately I am like a very kind of like a sensitive hard ass. So marshmallow. I am. I am. I'm just one of those, like, people don't realize that I am a really like soft person and sometimes I take it personal and I'll get upset. And then, you know, but I kind of feel that my mental toughness has been uh, and then growing from nothing like, you know, I was not, you know, getting money or have my workers compensation when I started this and starting so broke and just that mental toughness. I can see why a lot of uh, nine out of 10 businesses fold or fail because 
it's not meant for everybody. It does challenge you on a different different wavelength than most people even could, can imagine to be a business owner. So with your hard work, <clears throat> I know a little bit about some of the successes that you've had, you know, with some of your grants and some of oh, the awards mm-hmm. you've won. So talk about what that hard work did. Talk about some of those awards and grants that you were able to get because of your resiliency, your belief in what you do. Um, sorry, when you said that, I almost kind of like forgot about all this. It almost seems like, uh, cause it's just become what is instead of like, I don't look at it too much as like failures or, you know, accomplishments. Um, but you just keep trucking. So, um, I did win that first grant through the chamber of commerce of my hometown in McAllen. I've won two venture challenges with the launch essay. I won another grant with the, uh, Westside development corporation, and I know I'm missing one. There's five 5,000 grants. And then um, we were also featured in several magazines like LA Fashion Magazine. And we actually did this Academy Award gifting suite in Los Angeles in 2017. Our products were also featured in Miami Swim Week and did some of the gift bags at New York Fashion Week, um, which was really, really cool. And one of, you know, amazing things. Um, trying to think what else has happened. Got to meet the the San Antonio Stars and was like did a halftime thing there. Um, Been featured in how many magazines? Quite a few. And then also in the San Antonio Business Journal, we were the four like entrepreneurs under 40, uh, but not the 40 under 40. It was another article. And then also the Women's Business Owner Award. Hello. Um, I won. Uh, and this was like a shocker. Like I was. Like NABO is the National Association of Women Business Owners, and there's chapters everywhere. But when you walk into a room here, it's like you are in a room of a bunch of badass, bala, hello, I feel intimidated by like all these, you know, amazing women. But um, yeah, I was selected as one of their winners um, in 2018, um, their Women Business Owner Awards. And now I'm, you know, I've been a judge, and then I've also um, been the committee chair. Uh, so it's kind of come full circle. So now I'm the person that brings in the people that are nominated for their interviews at the end. And um, it's really cool to hear their stories, too. Kind of keeps me motivated. So Undoubtedly, all from a back injury. Yeah, all this back injury and then just curiosity. I was actually going to school to become a makeup artist and then kind of found that, you know, well, I'm wearing all this makeup because my skin's always, like, breaking out. But what if I just made a better product that didn't have all these chemicals And that way, you know, we all win. And you know what? Because of COVID, that's another great thing. So makeup sales have gone down, 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 especially lipstick. Nobody's wearing lipstick under their mask right now, unless you got that that stuff that like glues on, stays on, like ain't going anywhere. Yeah. And then it's like you have to scrub your mouth to get it off, like at the end of the day. But um, I feel because of more people being at home, and they're doing these Zooms, they're just like, well, why don't I just, like, not wear makeup and take care of my skin a little bit better? And so now people are kind of – now skin care sales went from plateauing. It was, they weren't going down. They just weren't, you know, on the rise. But now they're going back up again. So mm-hmm. I kind of think that people are, you know, realizing if I don't have to wear so much makeup, like, my skin will look better. But I tell my sister, I was like, oh, we have – you know, when this first COVID started, I was like, are, are we – going to have to wear masks at, you know, the church. We were going to a funeral and she was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, good. I was like, well, you know what that means? It means our eye makeup has to be on point. <laughs> so, but you know, that was just kind of a, a funny thing, but 
But yeah, so I've had a lot of accomplishments within the weeds, and it's uh, been a crazy ride. And if somebody had told me that, you know, a lot of people have like business plans before they start a business, and they kind of plan it out. Well, that product at school, I just kind of brought it in, and the next thing you know, people wanted to buy it, and then people were saying, "Hey, can you make me another one? I'll I'll pay you for it." So this wasn't really something I'd thought of, and it was kind of in business before I even realized. I was in business. And then that was my first farmer's market was October of 2012. Mm. Wow. I made $100. I was thrilled. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> and then that I, that Christmas, my first big show, I made like $500 or $600. And I was just like, that was more money than I'd seen in a really long time. Like all of a sudden, like my workers' comps checks stopped coming in. Um, and there was some issue. But years later, I ended up getting one big year all at once. And I was like perfect timing to put this in the business. So. Exactly. So if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently, if anything at all? Uh, that's a tough question because I've kind of had to learn along the way and I would have not maybe possibly not met you or, you know, Margo with the WDC or W, yeah, w women's WBC. I might've, I don't know. See, the thing is if I had done something differently, I would need have needed to have money still. Because I did bootstrap from the very, very beginning. Um, I would say maybe just like financially plan a little bit better. Or um, one thing I tend to do is I get really excited about a new product and I start tinkering. And I might spend too much money on testing materials because I just get a bunch of things. And I'm like, okay, we're going to start like playing. Um, But test batches are expensive. People don't realize like to make a product. And especially the way we make it, um, I don't – I'm not going to make – and sell the product until I've tested it for a substantial amount of time. And then I go into like a small like kind of test group and then we go from there. And I feel some other businesses um, make a product, sell it, and they haven't even like really tried it. Gotcha. Which is kind of um, the norm in the cosmetics industry. Did you only like only 10% of like all cosmetics were ever tested? That's scary. It is scary. <clears throat> because you're putting it on your face, you're putting it on your skin, you're putting it on your body. Our biggest organ. Yeah. And the challenge then becomes you don't find out if it works for you until either you get a rash, which you've experienced, or you have a really adverse reaction. Yeah. Okay. And that's sad. That really is sad to say. Um, I think the challenge becomes for most people to really recognize how their skin is so important to them. Like you say, now with masks and everything, people are wearing a mask and all they see is their eyes. But underneath the mask, you still need to take care of your skin. Yeah. Because I've seen people who've had zits just under their chin. Oh, I know. I had this one on like my neck a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I didn't even <laughs> see it till I got back in the car um, and took off my mask and I looked in the mirror, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, we call it a mask skin now. It know? was maskne. Yeah, maskne. Maskne. <laughs> I agree, but it's I kind agree. of a love hate relationship because the mask gives you the acne, but the mask covers it too. So exactly, it's like that catch twenty two type of thing. So. If you had any advice for our audience, what would you give them? What advice would you give a young entrepreneur, someone who may be even in your industry or just general business information or general business advice? Um, okay. So remember the last time we did a podcast, I remember telling you when you asked me a question similar like similar to this was uh, like, don't ever quit or something like that. Like, keep on going. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get beaten up a little bit along the way, you know, it isn't... It actually kind of made me feel very good one day when I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if this is right for me. Um, have a backup plan. And and if, if you 
if you want to leave one day, it doesn't make you feel so stressed out that like, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to do this. And that's okay. And I kind of feel that because I've won so many awards and had so many accomplishments that, um, and it's been tough. Like it's like a lot of business owners, it's been tough with COVID, but it kind of at one point in time just gave me a, made me feel good that I could say, if I don't want to do this, I don't, there's nothing I have, like, there's, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do, mm-hmm. including this. And I kind of feel because I've built this brand, I almost felt like locked into it because, you know, everyone would be like, why, why would she walk away from this? Why, you know, why she worked so hard on this, but it's nobody else's decision, but yours. Mm-hmm. So whether it be to grow the business or expand it or whatever, I would say do what makes you happy, that gives you peace at night, you know, and at one point not quitting and pushing through was that thing for me. But um, do I want to quit? No. But do I have a backup plan? Yeah. Like, because I don't, I don't want it to be where I feel forced to do something because of the expectations of others. Um, I really... I'm getting to a point, I guess, maybe I'm just growing up where I I don't really care that much what other people think of what I do with my life. Like, nobody really cares. Like, my girlfriend says this all the time. She's like, I think you care too much about what other people say. Um, I'm like, they do care. She's like, not as much as you really think. And she's right. Like, they don't. Like, they become, you know, in our society, things become an it thing for a second, and then it goes away, and then people forget about it. They really do. It's like a throwaway thing. So it's like, why was I holding on so much to it then? Not somebody else. And I kind of feel like ultimately being, you know, we only have so much time here on earth and we don't know how much time that's going to be. But like when I'm at that day or that last second that you know that that's the moment that it's like the end, I want to be like in my mind while I was happy, you know. Gotcha. Understood. So tell me, how can we get a hold of you? How can we reach you and your company? Well, the easiest way, if you are looking for products and you just want to kind of browse around, is on our website. It's shopintheweeds.com. And then we are on our Instagram and uh, Facebook under In The Weeds Natural Skin Care. We are going through a rebrand, so it might not be In The Weeds Natural Skin Care in the future. It might just be In The Weeds or it might be In The Weeds something else. I'm actually going to find out in the next week or so um, what we're kind of going with. And because, um, you know, not only do we do skincare products, we also sell candles and things that are made with essential oils and botanicals, just like a safer alternative. But, um, you know, a lot of self-care products and things like that, too, that aren't just skincare. So but shop in the dot com. And then, of course, uh, social media. And, and then also, if you want to call us, if you have questions, our number is 210-960-DERM. Like skin. Wow. So wonderful. Well, Lika, thank you so much thank for being you. on our show today. We are sponsored by Pontum Financial, connecting your financial dots. You all have a great day. We look forward to chatting with you soon. For more information about any of our guests, or if you have questions and comments, please email us at admin at And don't forget to check out our website, lemoncpa.com for upcoming events and workshops in San Antonio. David B. Plemons CPA Inc. is providing this podcast as a public service, but it is neither a legal interpretation nor a statement of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. policy. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. 
The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the Hustle, Juggle, and Struggle of Small Business podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or their concepts or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by David B. Plemons CPA Inc. employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the views of David B. Plemons CPA Inc. or any of its officials. You should always consult your own investment advisors, attorneys, and accountants before making any decisions concerning your financial matters. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our office. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.